When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Christian Brindle, and welcome to the Everything Medicare Podcast. What's up, everything, Medicare Podcast Nation? This is Christian Brindle. Wherever you are and however you might be listening to this on whichever platform you might be listening to this on, hope you're having a fantastic day. This is the Everything Medicare Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Brindle, where every single week we bring you three podcast episodes where we discuss your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, And everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. For those of you who don't know my story, I have been working in the Medicare industry for many years. I started in the business at a very, very young age, um, working with my dad, someone that has been really a pioneer locally here in Utah um, for people here on Medicare. We work with all of the available companies, all the largest companies, I should say, in the Medicare industry, as well as... um, most of the local companies and of our available, our available markets. And um, folks, I have a passion for working with people on Medicare. I very much enjoy it. It's something that I'm very, very good at. I don't know too many things about many topics. But when it comes to Medicare, folks, it's kind of something that I am um, quite the expert on, I, I believe, if I don't say so myself. So today, folks, I wanted to talk about what is it that you need to do to truly maximize your Medicare. It's a term that gets thrown around a tremendous amount nowadays. Maximize your Medicare. Maximize this. Maximize that. But few people ever really tell you what you have to do in order to actually maximize your Medicare. And there's a lot of different opinions on this. Um, There's a lot of opinions that are valid. There's a lot of opinions that are wrong, just flat out wrong. And, you know... A lot of times the term maximize your Medicare is used for someone to put you in a situation where you're probably overpaying for what you have, meaning that you have five to ten different policies all kind of bundled together, all doing something different when you don't really need all that. Um, Of course, you know, you could be covered up to your eyeballs and it doesn't make it necessarily the best thing for you because, you know, you're being covered for things you don't particularly need. Now, some people prefer to be covered that extensively. I'm actually a person like that, that I'd rather be overcovered. Um, I have so many insurance policies, you wouldn't believe it. I'm actually working on my third book currently um, called The Insurance Funnel, where I kind of go through, I get a little personal about my own insurance and what I have and what I don't have and that kind of stuff. That book should be coming out closer to the end of the year, so stay tuned for that, folks. Um, but... Not everybody's like that. Not everybody needs that. And I kind of just detest the the notion, anyway, that 
an insurance professional should just be telling you point blank what you need to be doing and you don't have any say. I'm more of the mindset that I would rather educate you. Okay, that's why we do this podcast, we do things like it, we do the YouTube channel. I would rather educate you on what your choices are and let you make a decision on what you think is best. I can tell you the good, I can tell you the bad, I can tell you the indifferent, I can tell you the different features of a different product. Um, But at the end of the day, you know your financial situation better than I do, or ever could. At the end of the day, you know your health history better than I do, or ever could. And you're better equipped to make a decision on what's best for you than I am And any broker or insurance professional that tries to tell you otherwise um, probably want to rethink working with that person, in my personal opinion, because there's a lot of slimy people out there, folks. And um, this episode is really going to tell you how to truly maximize your Medicare, okay? And for everybody, it's different. And so that's why there's not a one-size-fits-all answer to this. It's more of how how do you actually determine what you need to pick up and what you don't need to pick up and how much coverage you need opposed to how little coverage you need in a certain situation. So there's a formulary I'm going to share with you. But first, I'm going to tell you um, two different sides of the coin to where if you don't do this accurately, whether you don't pick up enough coverage or you pick up too much coverage, you're in a bad situation. So we're going to have two people in our scenarios today. We're going to have Joanna and we're going to have Martha. Okay, Joanna, person A, Martha, person B. Joanna, let's, let's say Joanna is the person that's overcovered. Okay, so Joanna has um, $500,000 in life insurance. Nothing wrong with that. That's actually probably very good. But Joanna has no dependents. Joanna doesn't have kids. Joanna's not married. Is Joanna overcovered? Does she really need that policy? Probably not. Okay. I mean, everybody picks up life insurance for different reasons. And I'm using that as an example. But, you know, she might want to leave it to, you know, siblings, whatever the case might be. Okay. Are there exceptions to that? Could it be a good thing for her? Potentially. But let's just say she doesn't have any dependents. Usually you see someone with that amount of life insurance, they have a mortgage, they have um, a wife, kids, um, all different kinds of personal responsibilities and professional ones. And if that person ended up passing, their family would be hit hard and have no protection, and that's why the life insurance is there, in my personal opinion. That's why I have life insurance on me. It's not because I think it's so fun to have life insurance. No, it's because it's to protect my family. Protect my wife. Protect my little girl. Okay? My little girl is almost six months old now. She's actually about probably a week away from being six months old. And I'm such a proud papa. She's such a wonderful little girl. She's fun. She's healthy. She's happy. She sleeps throughout the night. We've just been really, really blessed. And so thank you for all of you listeners that have um, reached out to us to just kind of let you know your your support when she was born earlier this year. Um, But so... Joanna, person A, the person that has all this coverage, so she has this. Um, she has a tremendously expensive, high benefits car insurance package. But she has a car that's not worth more than $3,000. That's smart? Maybe not. Um, Joanna's incredibly healthy, doesn't take any prescriptions, but she has the most expensive Medicare supplement policy you can find. 
Now, that one's more debatable because your health can always change. Okay, so that's not necessarily um, a no br- such a no-brainer, though. But I think we could all agree, or anyone with a sane mind, that Joanna might be a little bit overcovered. She might be paying too many premiums that she doesn't necessarily need to pay. And there are those people out there. Um, it's a fine line between being protected and, dare I say, being ripped off, being given coverage for something you don't need. In my book, um, The Insurance Funnel, I, talk, I have a chapter called Volcano Insurance because there's a television show that my wife and I watch. It's for adults. It's a cartoon. It's very juvenile, but I, 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 it makes me laugh. It's called Family Guy, and um, you might be familiar with it. Family Guy has an episode that I particularly enjoy that um, the dad, okay, Peter Griffin, the dad, has um, someone come to his door. It's a door-to-door insurance salesman selling volcano insurance. Now, they live in Rhode Island. There's no volcano anywhere near Rhode Island. And, um, you know, so, and, and it's like this typical, you know, slimy, sleazy salesperson. Um, the guy comes to the door and he says, he says, um, you know, I'm selling volcano insurance. And, and Peter goes, well, we don't really have a volcano. And the guy says something along the lines of, uh, you know, I love the way you dress this, this, this such and such. Uh, my uncle used to do this and that and this and that or something something like that. I don't remember all the words specifically. And Peter in his head, and Peter's such a, Peter's such a nimrod. That's why the show's so funny, to me anyway. I, I, that's my kind of humor, I suppose. But in his, he's thinking in his head, he goes, hmm, I too have an uncle. And then he tells the guy, come in. And the guy just, you know, takes a bunch of money from him to sell this ridiculous volcano insurance policy that he's never going to use because he doesn't live anywhere near a volcano. There's an example of purchase, you know, that I use that as an example in my book. There's a whole chapter basically centered around the idea of overpaying. And Joanna, let's say, in my opinion, without knowing a whole lot about her, it, if I had to pick one way or the other, she'd probably be overpaying. Okay, life insurance when she doesn't have dependents, a huge life insurance policy at that. Um, huge car insurance policy when her car isn't worth more than a couple thousand dollars. Um, healthy as a horse. expensive Medicare supplement, the best medical coverage money can buy. She may be able to get by with an Advantage plan. Okay. Now, like I said, the the Medicare supplement policy is a little bit more subjective because your health can always change. You never know that. Okay. So with the Medicare supplement policy, some people like to pick it up no matter how healthy they are, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't disparage that from anybody doing that. But it's just to understand the point I'm trying to make. And we'll get into that more in segment two. So then let's talk about Martha on the other side, okay? Martha's cheap. Martha has a family. She's the primary breadwinner. She has spouse, kids, um, huge mortgage, lots of bills, lots of debt, credit card debt, all kinds of stuff. But Martha doesn't want to spend anything. So Martha doesn't pick up any life insurance. Martha gets the minimum health insurance coverage, the minimum she can get by on the cheapest possible option, but she has health problems, has surgeries all the time. Uh, Martha has... Part of the reason Martha's in so much debt is she bought an expensive sports car, say a $60,000 car. She's in debt, really can't afford it. So she has an incredibly um, minimum car insurance policy on that. Now, a lot of the lenders won't let you drive a car like that if you have a minimum policy. But for the sake of example, we'll just use that as an example. Um, She's just getting by on the minimum of everything if she has coverage at all. So that's somebody on the other side of the coin that probably needs more coverage that 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 isn't getting the more isn't purchasing the coverage she needs but she probably should or should at least consider it um another thing that probably might solve her problems is just not spend so much money not getting so much debt but that's a you know a 
conversation for another day. But what she does need is she probably does need life insurance. Her family depends on her. She's a breadwinner. She probably needs better medical coverage. She's going to spend more out of pocket in medical bills than she's going to pay in the extra premium. She doesn't realize that. And she probably, you know, needs better car insurance to pay for that ridiculous car. But, you know, unless she can, she might be able to afford the car. I don't know. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals here, folks. There's two sides of the coin here. There's people that are overinsured and there's people that are underinsured. And in my opinion, to truly maximize your Medicare, you need to not be on either side of these coins. You have to be perfectly dead set in the middle, balanced for what you need specifically. And I'll tell you exactly how to do that in segment two after a word from this week's sponsor after we take a break. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is actually Randy W. Hall, Mr. Nice Guy Medicare Advisor, not Christian Brendel, your esteemed host. I'm here to tell you about my Medicare agency, Mr. Nice Guy Medicare Advisor, based here in Tennessee. For the past 10 years, I've been helping Medicare beneficiaries just like you in Tennessee and Kentucky maximize their Medicare. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know Christian always encourages you to deal with a broker in your state who sells all the different plans and will give you not just a quote, but also advise you and educate you in a way that is simple to understand. We know how confusing and overwhelming the whole process can be. We do it all for folks on Medicare, from supplements to Advantage plans, Part D, cancer products, hospital indemnities, and more. So if you want to get a free quote or a consultation, I urge you to call 615-578-5174. Again, that's area code 615-578-5174. Or for more information, you can visit my website and read all about me at MrNiceGuyMedicareAdvisor.com. That's all one word, MrNiceGuyMedicareAdvisor.com. And again, why deal with a jerk? when you can deal with a nice guy. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with us into our second of three segments on this episode of the Everything Medicare Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that message from our sponsor, Randy W. Hall, the Mr. Nice Guy Medicare Advisor. And if you live in the states of Tennessee and or Kentucky, folks, we only have about a maybe a month, maybe a little bit over um, of the Medicare enrollment period left. The time period to get your Medicare plan checked to make sure that there's nothing better is now. And if you live in one of those two states, I encourage you to get in touch with Randy while you still can to make changes, okay? So let's get back into this segment where I discuss my approach if it was me getting on to Medicare on, or maybe if I'm already on Medicare to determine if I'm on the best thing for me or if maybe I can do better. The first things first, folks, the thing, folks, is you need to sit down with either yourself or your spouse or your loved ones or whoever is involved in making your decision process. This needs to be something that, in my opinion, needs to be a little bit calculated in making a good decision. Because think about it. What good decisions do you make in your life that aren't well thought out, number one, and calculated, number two? Not too many. 
You know, like when when you're when you're looking at real estate, let's say, if you want to buy a house to move into, you look at the house, you look at the numbers a little bit, you look at the interest rate. There's calculation that goes into it. You sit down with your loved ones, you make sure that it's going to be a good financial move for you. At least I would hope you would. Um, everything you do in life needs to be calculated a little bit. And picking a Medicare plan to maximize your Medicare is no different. So the first thing that you need to determine is what my health situation looks like currently. Sit down. I encourage you to probably get a piece of paper, write it out. Because if you're anything like me, I do better writing things out. I do better writing things to be able to actually get them out of my head onto paper and into reality. Okay. Sit down. Take a look at your particular situation. What does my health look like? Do I have a tremendous amount of health bills? Do I take a lot of medications? Is, history, is cancer in my family's history? Take a look at these things. What do you need? What do you think that you primarily need? Okay, I've said it before and I've said it again. I believe that 75% of the difficulty of making a decision on your Medicare and making and the things that people get so confused on is whether they want to go Medicare Advantage on one side or Medicare supplement with a prescription drug plan on the other side. There are only two ways you can go with your Medicare. Everything you've ever heard about Medicare as far as advertisements or anything falls into one of those two categories. Okay, Medicare supplement one side with a drug plan, Medicare Advantage on the other side. Now, there's ancillary products that you can come in and fill the holes, but you need also to determine if those are actually necessary for you, and I'll get to that in a second. The second thing you need to look at is, what does my financial situation look like currently? How much do I have left at the end of the month, every single month, after I pay my bills? How much do I have coming in minus my bills? How much do I have left over? Can I comfortably afford this? Okay, because you want, if you can help it, you want to try to avoid being the person that, you know, at the end of every month they pay so much money in premiums that they have nothing left after their other bills are paid. Now, if you're in a situation where your health is in a bad spot and you just need to pay through the nose for a Medicare supplement or something else, there's not a perfect answer to have, to all of this, but you can get a better um, resolution and a better answer by calculating your situation first. I'm not going to tell you, like a lot of other people, you know, they come in and they tell you, oh, well, you need plan this, plan that, plan this, and uh, you're done. That's for everybody. That's nonsense! Okay, that's ridiculous. Everybody's in a different situation. Health-wise, financially, their preferences, and that's number three you need to sit down and talk about. What do I prefer to be included in my plan? Do I have dental needs? Okay. Do I have dental needs? Do I have uh, expensive glasses I get get every single year? Um, what do I prefer my plan to look like? Am I healthy? And if I am healthy, do I prefer the the stability of a Medicare supplement, even if I might not need it at this time? If so, can I comfortably afford it? These are questions that you need to ask yourself. My approach when I'm working with somebody, folks, is my job is to show them the different options they have available to them explain the good, the bad, the ugly, give you my perspective on it, but at the end of the day, I'm not trying to make your decision for you. And a lot of people in the insurance industry get that wrong. They try to make their decision for the person. Be like, oh, you need this and this and this is why, but I don't care who you're talking to, whether it's me or whether it's somebody else in the insurance industry. You know your medical history better than they ever could, you know what you prefer your plan to look like and what you, your preferences are better than they ever could. And number three, you know what you can afford more than they ever could. So look at 
what you prefer your plan to look like. Okay, this is vital. And fourth and last thing you need to sit down and talk about is what if, if I get everything right, if I get all three of these lined up perfectly, it fits my health history perfectly for what I need, and I can I can afford it comfortably. And number three, it fits into what I prefer my program to look like based on what the options I have available to me are. So the number four thing um, is what's left out. If I get all those three first three things right, what could possibly be left out? And the most obvious things to that are typically, you know, dental, vision, hearing coverage. Now, if you pick up a Medicare Advantage plan, typically some of those plans, not all of them, but some of them can come with dental, vision, hearing. Some can come, come with a lot. Some can come with only a little bit. But um, it depends on what you're picking. Do I need that dental vision hearing coverage? Do I need to pick up a dental vision hearing program separately? And if so, can I comfortably afford it along with everything else we've talked about? Now, I'm a big advocate for dental vision hearing fans, folks. I've done, an episode, I've done several episodes where we talked about dental vision and hearing. But the dental vision hearing programs are one of the few insurances out there that if you're in, if you do it correctly and you use it correctly and you manage it correctly, it can every single year you have it, pay out more than you pay for it in premium. And if you really think about it, most insurance you pay for now, that is not the case. It's not the case. You know, like your homeowner's insurance, your renter's insurance, your car insurance probably doesn't pay out more a year than you pay for it in premium. In fact, you probably don't even use it as, unless you absolutely have to. Your health insurance in some cases, you probably don't pay, it probably doesn't pay out. Well, your health insurance is probably not the case, but life insurance, you know. Um, now, if you don't use your health insurance, then it could potentially not pay out more than you pay for it in premium. But dental vision hearing coverage is one of the few coverage plans where you can actually get more out of it every single year than you pay for it in premium. And that's the goal, because it's giving you dental coverage, vision coverage, and hearing coverage, which are typically three areas that Medicare and Medicare plans are weak on. Now, nowadays, the Medicare Advantage plans are getting stronger and stronger on the dental vision hearing plans in a lot of different markets. So that might not be necessary, but you want to look at everything. You want to look at everything and see if the dental vision hearing program is necessary. Um, Medicare does not cover long-term care. We've done episodes about that in the past. So do I need a long-term care policy? Can I afford the monster premiums for it? You need to ask yourself these questions. I'll be back, folks, in segment two. Don't go anywhere. After a quick word from this week's sponsor, stay right there. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. And, um, folks, I hope that this makes sense to you, okay? You need to basically, first off, sit down, write it out on a piece of paper if you have to, what you can afford, what your health dictates that you need, what medications you take that absolutely need to be covered. Make sure your needs specifically are being met, okay? Don't just pick up what's popular, Okay, you need to make sure that your specific needs are being met. Okay, um, this is a this is a really 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 good um, situation, you know, f that you can put yourself in if you do this correctly. This is how you truly maximize your Medicare. Write out those four um, categories that I mentioned: what your health dictates, what you can afford, what you prefer, and what's left out if everything gets right still. 
that you can add on. You might need a long-term care policy or a short-term care policy to go with it if you think there's a chance that you might get into a care facility at some point in your life. You may need a cancer policy to help pay for expensive medication costs that Medicare Part D might leave a lot of costs behind. We've done episodes about that before. Factor it in. Find out how much it costs. Talk to your broker. Call me if you live in one of the five states that we're, that we're licensed to work with people in. Utah, Idaho, Texas, Oregon, and Florida. Utah, Idaho, Texas, Oregon, and Florida. Um, but those types of policies can help. Okay. Um, if you don't want to pay the premium for a Medicare supplement plan, maybe pick up a $0 premium Medicare Advantage plan and pick up a hospital indemnity to pay some of the larger copays. There's an idea. There's an idea. Make sure that you're getting what you need. Okay, a hospital indemnity plan, we've done episodes about them in the past, but typically what they do, the main thing they'll cover is, number one, your hospital stay, hence the, na- hence the name hospital indemnity, but they'll cover your hospital stay. Um, typically with an Advantage plan, you have co-pays that are left behind, and in a lot of areas, depending on where you live, this might not be an issue, but... Um, in a lot of areas, you'll be ha- looking at a two, three, four, five hundred dollar copay per day in the hospital. Hospital indemnity can help with that. Hospital indemnity can help pay for the ambulance copay. It's like a supplement to the Advantage plan, if you will. And it, it's an alternative for people that want better coverage but don't necessarily want to pay the increased premium for Medicare supplement. There's an idea, and for some of you, that's what you need. That's what your health dictates. But your pocketbook maybe can't afford the premiums of a Medicare supplement. So. Look at all these different things, okay? Sit down with you and your loved ones, map out what you actually need, and then you have a better idea of determining which way you want to go. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, 75% of the difficulty of making the, you know, getting your Medicare right and actually maximizing your Medicare is determining whether you want to have a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan. And doing this determines not just what you'd rather have, but what you need to have. And then there's a big difference there. As always, folks, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you got a lot out of this episode. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, we're having more technical difficulties with our camera. We're getting a, we're going to be fixing this camera. We're getting a new one relatively soon, so these issues should not continue. But the first half of the podcast was on video, um, the rest of it being on audio. So I apologize about that in advance. As always, folks, if um, you're listening to us on a platform that allows you to do so, please give us a five-star review. It helps the algorithm on the different podcast platform to reach more people just like you who need to hear this message, who are in a bad situation, who can't just seem to catch a break, who can't find good information, who can't get somebody to help them. There's millions of people out there just like that. We can help them reach them with your help. Help us by leaving us a review on what you enjoy in the podcast. If you're, follow, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video, and comment in the comment section on what you'd like to see in future podcast episodes. We're always taking requests on topics or things you might be confused on. Um, and as always, folks, this is Open Enrollment. As I said earlier, if you live in Utah, Idaho, Texas, Oregon, or Florida, again, Utah, Idaho, Texas, Oregon, or Florida, my organization, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, is licensed in those five states. We're appointed with all the largest insurance companies available, and we can help you find if there's a better fit on your Medicare this open enrollment period. Again, the, the cutoff date, the, the, the deadline to make a change is December 7th. Don't miss it. Let us help you. Let's chat. Our phone number is 801-255-5340, 801-255-5340. Thanks so much for listening, folks. Have a great day.